This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to Betting Weekly, the English Premier League edition. The Premier League is back after an FA Cup weekend and we're ready uh, to look ahead to another full weekend of action. And I'm delighted to say uh, that joining us uh, first up, Jack Wright and uh, Nigel Seeley. How are you guys doing? I'm good, Harry. Very, well. Very good. Very good indeed. The Premier League was back last week, Harry, though. But, yeah, uh, I was, yeah. I'll, I'll forgive you that. What happened? Yeah, there were Harry, big games uh, last Harry, week. Harry, 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 Harry thinks that Arsenal beat Tottenham in the FA Cup. He's been on about it all <laughs> week on Twitter. He's got I've a YouTube channel where he stopped chatting. Every single television channel all, all around the world. I've put streamed in and seen Harry Simeu in uh, Addis Ababa, <laughs> in, uh, in New York, in every, in every single place in the world. And he thinks it was FA Cup week. I know. I thought we were going to get Dan Roebuck this weekend. I uh, thought Harry we will, we will next week. We will next week. We will next week. I've lost it. I apologise. Do you know what it is? Because there was FA Cup games last night. It's confused me. That's well, why I was. Now, what it is? You're, you're surprised that you're surprised that you're winning games against top flight opposition, and you usually think it's the FA Cup. That's what it is. I've had a nightmare. I've had a nightmare. Anyway, let's hope you two don't have a nightmare because you two are the guys that matter uh, when it comes to the picks. Um, how was uh, last weekend uh, for you guys, Nigel? We'll, we'll bring up the league table because it was a brilliant FA Cup week. Uh, the FA Cup thing is on it. <laughs> There is the league table. I, well, to know what? Look at that. We're closing the gap with us slightly. I thought we. I think we. I think we hit the top of the table one to, uh, going into sat, to uh, Sunday, Saturday night, I think, and then they come back fighting the old French boys and pulled away again. Uh, yeah, I mean it's uh, it's tighten up there. It's a good title race that uh, league. I've led the way all the way through, and we're just closing that gap as we are each weekend. Don't, don't rule that Danielli on the Assyria. Champions League is a good pleasing one because we're all involved in that. So that's a good collective and that's coming back soon. So that will go through. And um, and the Premier League for uh, Portugal obviously missed a couple of weeks. Uh, but I'm sure that Carlos will be able to find his way at the table. Yeah, check that one out because Carlos has come up with some really interesting picks this week. We recorded the show uh, yesterday and there were some really interesting picks in there. That I'm surprised he, picks he, I'm surprised he turned up. I was surprised he turned up. I was, I was very, I know it's cold weather, but where he is in the world, he can't use that as an excuse. He's always in some hot climate somewhere. But I think um, it was FA Cup week in Portugal last week. I think it was. I'm never going to live that down. Oh my God. Um, anyway, let's get into this weekend's Premier League fixtures um, because that's what it's all about. Uh, Liverpool taking on Chelsea in the early game. Um, Nigel, this is a really, really interesting fixture. Both sides could really do with. Uh, getting a positive result here to kind of kickstart themselves again because they keep stuttering, the pair of them. Um, what what are your thoughts on this one and, and what have you got for us? I think both teams can do with not losing. I think uh, <laughs> they need to... So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a part of the season where I think both sides need to get something from the game. Um, Jurgen Klopp 
uh, in, after an interview against Wolves, her manager said he was, he was big smiling face, you know, his, his, his shining white teeth, very similar <laughs> to mine, um, was, uh, was, 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 uh, was cheering away about the, uh, about the game and the performance from, from Liverpool against Wolves. He must have watched a different game to what I was because I thought they were bang average. I mean, the only reason he was excited is because they kept, they kept the clean sheet. Uh, they didn't concede. And that is the first time in 11 matches against Premier League opposition where they, they felt they kept the clean sheet, didn't concede. Um, and that is not Liverpool-like. Obviously, no Van Dijk uh, for them recently. So I think he's pleased by that. He's changed the formation in defence. Harvey Elliott. I mean, everyone's talking about Harvey Elliott as though he was like the next Bellingham or, or Foden. I mean, I, I really was baffled by the praise he was getting and by the praise that Liverpool were getting in that performance. Liverpool played poorly, but Wolves played really bad, really bad. From a home side in the FA Cup, even the last 10 minutes, there's no urgency. The most exciting thing about that game was the 10 minutes before the match in, in the studio <laughs> with Gary Lineker. I mean, it, it was, that, was, it was, that was the only exciting thing. You know what I mean? It was terrible. But um, it was, but the prep, the, everyone was hyping about it. it was, I, I was amazed about it. But Liverpool have got serious problems. They've got serious problems defensively, but he will be very, very happy that they've kept the clean sheet. But for me, they've got more problems going forward. Mo Salah looks a lost player to I mean, I've said it at the start of the season without Marnie, I thought Salah, I think the, the midfield slows everything down. Um, they just don't look anything like the Liverpool side that we've seen before. And I think they just got to the mid-season point of the season now and they've got to just rebuild and just try to be strong at the back and try to just not lose games. Same with Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea... Their road form this season has been absolutely terrible. They haven't won on the road against the Premier League side or in the Premier League since 16th of October. Now, that is just unbelievable when you think about the money they've spent and spent money again. Um, the man, Both managers are under pressure. I think, obviously, Potter's under huge pressure. He criticised the board in a, in, a, in, a, um, in a statement that when they spoke about the, the new signing that they made from Ukraine, it was like he didn't have anything to do with the signing and, and he more or less was quite critical of the board. And I think that's a real dangerous game to play against Chelsea. I saw Potter was something like 20 to 1 to be the next Premier League manager to lose his job. He's critical of the board. The team is not performing. And if they lose this game, I think he will be top of the, the shopping list of other teams at the bottom. I think the reason why West Ham aren't getting rid of managers or, or, or Everton aren't getting rid of any managers is because there isn't a real candidate out that they want to take on long term. But if Potter left Chelsea, then he would walk into one of those two jobs and other jobs that where managers are under pressure. So I think that Potter price is, is, is quite interesting, really, because he's been critical. And I don't think you should ever be critical of the Chelsea board. Um, so I think this is a real crucial time. I think the two sides at the moment aren't capable of really producing a fantastic football match because morale in both camps is really, really low. They played four times last season, four draws, four matches in all the draws, two nil-nils in both cup finals. Uh, and, I, and I think that um, this here is another unders bet. Uh, the other thing I've got to mention, obviously, the weather in England at the moment, it's sub-zero temperatures. I mean, it's like around about, about zero degrees. But uh, that usually brings in low-scoring games. We saw last night the Crystal Palace-Manchester United game ended 1-1. Uh, luckily, we ended 1-1. But um, I think this is an unders match. And I'm really surprised that unders is plus money. Uh, plus 125 for under two and a half. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't trust any of these sides to score two goals the way they're, they're performing at the moment. Uh, and I feel that, that, yeah, I think the under here is in a game that's traditionally very low scoring. I mean, there's been a couple of strange results in this fixture, but over the, since the Premier League was formed, Liverpool and Chelsea, uh, Liverpool and Chelsea matches 
were always quite low scoring. And I think even though they're not in the title shake-up, this is a huge match for both sides at this point, moment in time for them to build. And I don't think either manager would uh, want to lose this game. They don't want to lose this game. I know it's a silly thing to say, but I think they'd both be happy with the point. So um, four draws last year. I'm leaning towards a draw as well at a nice price, but under two and a half at plus 125. Nice one. Um, Jack, let's take it on to West Ham against Everton. Nigel briefly sort of referenced those two clubs uh, when he was talking about the previous game. Um, you've both got a pick on this game, but we'll start with you, Jack. How do you see this one going? Well, what a game this is. Um, it's a huge game, but it, on paper, it looks absolutely awful. So one not really to watch, unless you probably like a little bit of a punch-up, to be honest with you, because this is a complete and utter dogfight. My angle in, I'm going on cards. I'm going for over three and a half cards in the game at minus 127. The two favourite managers, Nigel touched on it a moment ago, about the, the the sack race, as we call it in the UK. Who's going to be the next manager to go? Both these managers are, are, are favourite, second favourite Um Interestingly, I'd assume you've got to say the loser of this one will lose their job. But interestingly, West Ham are favourites to win the match, but David Moyes is favourite to, to get sacked. So they're both tooting on, on, on a knife edge. They're third bottom versus second bottom, um, but only on goal difference. Southampton are now level on points with them. So it's quite conceivable at the end of the weekend, one of these sides will be rock bottom. No win in seven. Both got very, very similar records. No win in seven uh, for either of them. Uh, West Ham picked up one point in that time. Everton have picked up two. And both sets of fans are as unhappy as you can probably get at this moment in time with their, their whole club, with their managers, with their players, with the board. Everything is just in complete disarray at both both clubs. And this should make for a really, really nasty atmosphere one set of fans, if not both sets of fans, are going to be going all out against their side at some point in time during this match. Um, look, we've seen it uh, as far as um, West Ham are questioning the desire of their team. Nothing worse than me level at you to saying that you don't really care. Um, they're just they're really up against Moyes at the moment, saying that he ain't got a clue what he's doing. He's picking his favourites, but you know there's no real flexibility in what he's doing. His key players aren't coming to the party, but they're still 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 playing. So um, lots of question marks there. And as far as Everton fans are concerned, obviously their board has stayed away from home games because they've been getting threats. A, a terrible state of affairs for them to be in. Um, you know, we've seen all the videos on social media this week of um, Everton fans chasing Anthony Gordon down the street. You know, one of their own. He, you know, this player, of course, was <laughs> rightly or wrongly, was apparently subject to a sixty billion pound bid not so long ago. Um, and they were like, "Oh, we need to keep hold of him. He's one of our own. He's our key player." Now he's sitting on the bench, and he just looks a shadow of the player that he was in that brief spell. Um, and and I say they chased him down the street, giving him dogs abuse. Got Yuri Mina face to face in the street, having arguments with with fans pointing fingers in his face. It's absolutely horrendous place to be playing football at the moment. I think as a player, with all that toxicity going on around, the only thing you can do is show that you actually do care. Stick a tackle in, show some effort, show some commitment. Both these sets of players have got to show that this weekend. If not, it's game over. And and it's a horrible place to be playing football at both clubs, really, to be honest with you. Um, so the line three and a half, I think, is low for considering the, the nature of the game um, with both these sides where they are and what they're doing. Everton could hit it on their own. They've had 41 yellow cards to, so far this season, 21 in their nine away games. 
Um, West Ham don't tend to pick up too many, to be fair, but this is a real six-pointer, like we said. So much at, at stake at the moment. Lose to one of the other worst sides in the in the league in this situation, and, and it's real, real trouble. They've got to step up at home. They know what their fans are going to be like if they if they don't perform, if they don't show the effort. Heaven forbid they go behind in this one. Um, as far as the referee is concerned, we've got Stuart Atwell. I made that a good referee. Not necessarily because he's the most prolific card referee in the league, but for me, he's a referee that just seems to lose control quite easily. Um, he seems to be a little bit lenient and lets players get away with it. And then before he knows it, they're all going a little bit crazy. Um, so I think he's the perfect referee actually for this one where he's either going to have to think, I'm going to have to put Mark, Mark it down early or he is going to let it go a little bit too much early on and it will, it will escalate and, and go out of control. Um, he averages just over three and a half cards a game in the league this season. So that's perfectly fine for what we're looking for. He's shown 37 in his last nine. Over three and a half landed in six of his last nine as well. He showed Everton five yellow cards last time that he refereed them. Um, and this fixture's got a little bit of history. Um, nine yellow cards, one red card in the two games last season. And th- in this fixture at um, the London Stadium, West Ham, um, there was five yellows and one red card. So it all points towards this one being a, a feisty one. It's got to be. It's a six-point relegation battle. So over three and a half cards is the bet at minus 127. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Nigel, you've also got a pick in this game, as mentioned. You've decided to attack it, though, in a slightly different way. Talk to us. Yeah, I think it's going to be extremely nervy for the same reasons that Jack has pointed out there. Both sides have got to get something from the match, and I don't think that's going to make it an entertaining football match. I think it's going to be nitty-gritty. The the older cars will be coming out because of the situation both clubs find themselves in. So I feel that, yeah, this is going to be not not a very entertaining game whatsoever at all. And I've gone for under two and a half goals here at minus 125. It's a, it's a bet that I've gone for many times this season in Everton games. And pretty much, I haven't cashed much at all on it. I've, I've, I've lost a fair number of times in this bet. With usually late goals, you know, there's a lot of late goals that happen for me and a lot of things that go against me. Uh, but this time around, I, th- I just think it, it just screams an under game. Uh, if you look at both of them, they're just both the second lowest joint scorers in the Premier League behind Wolves. Everton are the lowest road scorers uh, this season. Uh, West Ham are the second lowest home scorers this season, again, behind Wolves. Um, and it's a game that both of them can't afford to lose. Um, going back to that game I mentioned earlier, if it is a point a disaster for both of these managers at the moment, given the circumstances. I, I, I don't think it is a disaster. Uh, in the return match, they won 1-0. Uh, it was a 1-0 win for Everton in that fixture. And it was a really, really boring game. No excitement whatsoever. Hardly any shots on target. And now roll the clock on to where they, they both find themselves in. And the pressure they're going to be under, I think the pressure they're going to be under. And this is not going to be a, an atmosphere where the crowd are going to be behind the side. You know, even when they're one nil up, or if there is a goal, they're going to be against the board and against the against the against the players. West Ham would have sacked David Moyes if it wasn't for the tragic death of the owner of uh, of West Ham, uh, David Gold. Um, and I think that is uh, why he's in the job. There's also the, with the with the facts that um, with, with the bookings bet that Jack has mentioned there. There's obviously a, a subplot here. Is, is David Moyes was manager of, of Everton, and that you know that mean, usually usually means that those players hit. Well, he's, he gets his side motivated a little bit more when he was the manager. And obviously Frank Lampard came through the ranks at West Ham, so the two managers have history with the opposite sides as well, which usually means bookings are up as well. So I love that booking play. 
the other but the other thing here for me is, is I was speaking to a West Ham fan yesterday and uh, I'm going out of a guy today who's a West Ham fan and, and the anger they have for Moyes and, and they have quality players but he doesn't find a system to get the quality players playing there is no goals there's no assist there's no uh, attack most of their goals come from penalties or set pieces there's nothing from free throwing football and they are disillusioned because they've got players in the ranks they've just gone out this morning and bought um Danny Ings from Aston Villa I mean this guy hasn't scored for for years like he's he's he's, he's 30 years 32 years of age 31 years of age now they've got they pay for him and he's on 100 grand a week I mean it's ludicrous they could be a championship next season I mean it's it's crazy money for what they and shows the desperation that they find themselves in and both of these sides are desperate for a goal scorer I was looking at Everton Everton this season their top goal scorer in the Premier League got three goals that's all they've got you know it's Demario Dem- Dem- Gray three goals in the Premier League this season and for West Ham, the top goal scorer in the Premier League is Declan Rice with two goals. Two goals, Declan Rice. And then that is and that is like unbelievable when you think Harlan's on 21 and you know, <laughs> two goals. And that shows you the problem that these two sides have. So for me, nerves, uh emotion, lots of stop starting because there will be feisty tackles, two managers fighting for for their lives, and I think a, a draw. Gives both managers a stay of execution until hopefully a better candidate comes out. I mean, there's talk at West Ham that they want to get either Rafa Benitez in or um, uh, Sean Dyche. Is that an upgrade on David Moyes? Either of them? Rafa Benitez is renowned for being slightly negative in his tactics. And I think the move for both of these sides would be to, um, to see what happens at Chelsea. I think if Chelsea get beat by, I've said it again, if Chelsea get beat heavily by Liverpool and Potter goes, then Potter will be manager of one of these clubs within within two weeks. So I think it's going to be an interesting few weeks for the manager merry-go-round. But uh, for me on this game, I think under two and a half goals here represents value at minus 125. And again, throw in the mix with the weather as well. So minus 125. Yeah, nice some fun. mad subplots now, like you're rightly saying. It's interesting that David Moyes is second favourite to be the, um, the next Everton manager. So it's like it could be going back there. Um, and Dyche, obviously, they've talked about Ings coming in because they work together at Burnley. Um, yeah, it's mad. You should see some, t- obviously, we'll see some time wasting this one as well if a side goes in front or even if like Everton are, are level. So uh, an interesting one is these are the sides of one of Nigel's favourite bets, of course, with a different side. But these are the two sides that got the fewest first half goals in the league this season. They've got six each um, across their combined 38 games. So it, that brings the bet that we've obviously played before with Lee and um, with Wolves into into play. So I was I was going under two and a half goals in this one as well until I saw the card line um come available. So uh, I, I switched allegiance there. So I was glad to see Nigel put it forward as well. The, so, one, the uh, other th- the other thing as well, Jack, is is that I think that when people I think when betters, you know, we, we, we are governed by betters and there's only a very small percentage of people out there who who make money gambling. There's a very, very small percentage. There's a huge amount of uh, fish out there that lo- that lose money on, on gambling, and I think when people see games like this where two sides need to win, they have the 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 the, the idea that it's going to be entertaining. They're going to be fighting for their lives, and they're going to be it's going to be a free free thriller because they're playing with the shirt. <laughs> that, that that is the wrong attitude. You know, I could be proven wrong. This game could be four four, and I can make look an idiot. But the, when when two teams are really need to win, usually they're boring. Usually yeah. they're so scared. The first twenty minutes, no, half an hour, and a goal goes. If a goal, a goal goes in after thirty-five minutes, it could change the game completely because then there might be a bit of fight. But the first halves in usually these games, like a World Cup, look at what the World Cup knockout stages. First halves, 
Suddenly a goal goes in the second half, the extra times were unbelievable. But and that's the kind of game we've got here. We've got a game here that is is essentially a knockout game because we're, the loser of this game is bottom of the Premier League and the manager's gone. So it's uh, it might not play out as an exciting game that everyone thinks. I think it's going to be very nervy the first 45 minutes and then it might come alive in the second half. Hopefully not. But uh, I think old Neil Detect hasn't been out since the World Cup, but he's come out for this one. He's come out for this one. <laughs> yeah, I think with games like this, the, the need not to lose supersedes the need to win. Yeah. And, and they've and got so the two managers. Up. Look at David Moyes. Yeah. David Moyes has set up a career by doing that. When he was at exactly. Everton, his job was not to lose. It's not like we're in the last five games of the season and you have to win. We're not even at the midway point, really. We were about at the yeah. midway point. So, yeah, interesting. Um, interesting stuff. Uh, let's take it on then to Leicester versus Brighton. Um, Jack, Brighton have been going pretty well and, and you're backing them here to uh, to get a result at Leicester. Yeah, I am. There's, 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 well, two two sides that we've kind of played a fair amount this season, really, to be honest with you. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely back in fading Leicester in this one. Um, they're back in trouble. Uh, four straight league defeats now. Only two points outside the drop zone. Pressure's back on on Brendan Rodgers' big style. Um, before the World Cup, it looked like everything was rosy again. They'd had a terrible start to the season. They then put a runner form together. They'd started keeping clean sheets. They were winning games nicely. They'd got kind of out of trouble mid-table. They were looking up towards the top 10, possibly even a chance of breaking back into those European places with the form that they showed. Come the World Cup, come back from that. And it's like they started the season again. They're absolutely atrocious once again, like they were, say, um, back when the season started. And I think they're two different sides. They're a side with James Madison and they're a side without him. And obviously they're without him at the moment. And that really shows no creativity. He's scoring the goals. He's creating the assists. He's got the, the temperament. He's got the flair. He's got the commitment. And they've taken that out of the side and they don't know what to do. You know, you look at um, um, Fass was brought in and performed well, helped them say keep it tight. Um, and that was leading up to the World Cup. And as if he was talked about getting into that Belgian World Cup side and as if he didn't make it and it's kind of drained him. He obviously scored two own goals against Liverpool and it just seems the confidence has gone from him. They're now back to conceding goals again. Um, and it just, you look for the side, like probably Harvey Barnes has been their only spark, but he's missing chances. Um, Jamie Vardy, we've talked about him several times this season. He just looks completely shot to pieces. We've talked about his pace, lost his yard of pace, and he's kind of lost lost the plot. Um, missing chances when he's getting them, snatching at them, but it just looks a shadow of the player. Tillmans looks like he needs to make a move because he's just kind of going through the motions. And the fans are really unhappy. You know, you look at the fairy tale that they had, obviously winning the league a few years ago, um, the FA Cup as well. And, and this fairy tale looks like it's going to have a really unhappy ending. They, you know, they're now starting to question the board, the commitment. There's not players coming in. There's no talk of them bringing signings in. And, uh, and and they're just in free fall. Madison's an outside chance being back in for this one. But until he's back 100% fit, I'd be taking on Leicester all day long in every game. And this Brighton side, as we saw last week, are not the side you want to be coming up against when you've got problems at the back and you're not creating and you're in terrible, terrible form. Um, we cashed twice on them last week. Both myself and Nigel both got winning bets on Brighton. Obviously, they beat Liverpool 3-0. Absolutely blew them apart, really, to be fair. They're up to seventh in the table now and they've got games in hand. Win those and they actually go fifth in the table. Um, Deserby. He's done fantastically well and he's continued to do that. He's obviously talking a good game as well as, as showing it on, on the pitch. You know, a, a tough start. People are questioning it. No win in his first five. He's now won five of his last seven. 
They won the last three away in the league and they scored 10 goals in those three games as well, which is a fantastic effort. Like I say, against this Leicester side, you've got to be thinking they're going to be licking their lips. As well as in that run, they've also beat Arsenal 3-1 in the League Cup away from home. They've also beat Middlesbrough. We talked about that last week, 5-1. They're just scoring goals for fun, be it home, be it away. It doesn't really matter. They're just playing with that freedom, with that real good um, stuff that we've seen them play before, but with the finishing um, touch to it as well. Look, we've talked about Trossard. Likely to be on his way. He's obviously been been cast out of the side and fair play to deserve. He's not been held to ransom by it at all. He said, okay, well, you're not in. And they brought um, young Lewis Ferguson in in his place and he's done fantastically well. You know, we should start seeing goals from him as well. But Solly March, in the form of his life, obviously scored last week a couple of goals against Liverpool as well. He was like banging on the door throughout the season, but that's now showing that he's actually scoring goals and creating assists. Then you look through the side. Lallana's rolled him back the years to show like some of his best form that, that we've seen from him years ago. Um, Matoma on the, on the left-hand side looks an absolute threat. You've got Casado, um, World Cup winner in McAllister, obviously, in the midfield as well. You look at this side, Gross as well. They've just got really, really good players throughout the side. And I just think they're going to have far too much going forward, especially for this Leicester side that looks so fragile at the back and really brittle of confidence. And an early goal here and the the fans are going to go completely. We talked about this already with West Ham and with Everton. And the Leicester fans are, are kind of closely behind them as far as being very, very unhappy with what they're seeing at home at the moment as well. And so that Danny Welbeck goal summed up... um, Brighton at the moment, a fantastic uh, come, guy coming off the bench showing that he's still got it as well. A little flick over the head and a, a nice volley finish. So they've got it all going forward. To be able to get Brighton at plus money here, for me, I think is a fantastic opportunity. Um, Brighton to win at plus 102. Brilliant. Um, Nigel, Manchester City against Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, Wolves are one of your favourite teams to bet on. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm, but I wasn't I'm surprised. Not, I'm, not when this that, I'm not doing that bet this week. <laughs> Against Man City. Um, mm-hmm. Man City, I, I, that Man City-Man United game, I felt Man City were in complete control that match. They they were much the better side. Grealish gets the goal in the second half. And then they, then this goal that comes in from uh, from uh, Fernandes. Now, I don't know what you guys thought about the goal or what you think about the goal, but I don't see how he's not interfering with play. I don't think the goal should have stood personally. That's my opinion. I bet I'd... It looks like he's about to shoot like three times as he's running running by him and obviously being on under three goal line. I was And you can stand in front of the, you know, you're telling me now if I'm offside, I can just stand in front of a, a, yeah. of a defender and let a free throw. Well, I'm, I'm clearly in, interfering with play. And I, I'm, I'm amazed that when they went to the referee, the referee didn't mm. know what, oh yes, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's well, yeah. that's, and I think that goal, complete, obviously that goal did, it completely changed the, the picture at Man City. They suddenly can't believe they're in, in the game, they're controlling 1-1, and then suddenly a lack of confidence, a lack of uh, uh, just a lip blip, uh, and, the, and the goal comes in from the from the left-hand side for the fullback makes a mistake, and they put the ball in the back. Rashford scores a goal, which is a really weak goal to concede, and the game's pretty much over. But I, I think they'll look at it and go, think, how do we lose it? And I think Man City... One thing about Man City and one thing about Guardiola is whenever they get beat, they always come back with a response and it's usually an unbelievable spot. So now there's some people coming out now, Man City are third in the Premier League table or whatever they are now, second or third, with joint with Manchester United. <clears throat> and people are coming out now and saying, are Man City a better team without Haaland? I mean, are, are these people these, these people are the same people who are saying that Haaland's the greatest player that we've ever had in the Premier League. He's a top goal scorer. Uh, they won't be saying that when they lift the Champions League at the end of the season with Haaland scoring the winner. I mean, that's that's what he's been brought in to do. 
But the thing is with Man City is that they always come back. They always come back. Now, at the time of filming this, they could, they've got to play Tottenham this evening. So we don't really know what's going to happen with the Tottenham game. But I would expect them to fight, face Tottenham and, and win quite easily, even though Tottenham have given them problems over recently over the years. But then at the weekend, they play Wolves. And I started off this thing, by, this show, by um, opposing Liverpool in some capacity from scoring goals against and that game against, in Liverpool against Wolves. Wolves were dreadful, absolutely dreadful. There's talk about them obviously improving and score. Their improvements are four draws. That's their improvement. They're, they're, and the only reason they're improving is because they're picking up points and teams in and around them are bottom, uh, are losing games. You know, teams like West Ham are losing games. Teams like uh, Bournemouth are just on free fall. Wolves aren't doing anything better. They're just getting a, the odd draw here. The odd, you know, that, 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 they're, they're not scoring three goals a game. That, that's always been their problem. They look a little bit more defensively organized, but that's what their strength has been for years and years and years. So I think this fallacy that Wolves are on this complete up spiral and going to now suddenly become a top bottom eight side or something like that. That's rubbish. They're in a relegation battle and probably on form and on the, the blatant statistics. They're the second worst side in the Premier League behind Bournemouth. Uh, they don't score goals. We know that. They're the lowest, second lowest score, road scorers on the and the slowest scorers in the Premier League. But on the road, they're only behind Nottingham Forest, who've got a dreadful record, as we said. And they come to Man City, who are really, in since they've been in the Premier League, the complete flat track bullies when they play bottom half sides. They just never, ever, they, they stuff them. 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. This year, they played five bottom half sides and scored 19 goals and conceded three. Um, <clears throat> so three of them games, they won to nil, 4-0, 6-0, 4-0. I just can't see Wolves scoring this game. And I think Lopetegui, and I think teams in the bottom of the Premier League look at these matches when they play the bigger sides and they sort of dismiss them slightly. They think, well, we are gonna we are gonna get beat in that game, or you know, we are gonna get, get beat. But the big one is next week when we play Southampton at home. So after after this game, when Wolves Wolves play uh, Man City, they play Liverpool again, then they play Southampton, Bournemouth, uh, and Crystal Palace. I'm Fulham, sorry. And that will define their season, not losing against Manchester City. So I think they're the priorities rather than this game. But for Man City, it's about, right, winning. We've got to win and we've got to put a statement down that we're not out this title race. So I think that Man City will do that. And I think they're a very heavy favourite to do that. But being in mind how negative I am about Wolves scoring and how badly they are scoring on the road uh, and in any and at home as well, I'm going to go for Man City to win to nil here to boost the price up at minus 120. Nice one. They're like minus like $5 that. to win it or minus $6 to win it, but minus 120 to win to nil against the lowest scorers in the Premier League. you got, you got to bet that. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Jack, final game uh, where there's a pick. Uh, Leeds against Brentford. And you've gone for a bit of a parlay on this one. Yeah, over two and a half goals and both seem to score at plus 106. Uh, we've talked about sides that are going to be, or, or games that are going to be pretty turgid uh, this weekend. Uh, we're going to end, well, with the official picks. We're going to end with one which shouldn't be. Um, this one looks like it's going to be very easy on the eye, especially for the neutral. Um, we all, we know all about Leeds. The front foot, they're frantic, they're open. Um, pressure's back on Marsh, um, if there's ever been a way. Uh, another side, they're only two points um, outside the relegation zone. It's so tight down there, which is going to make for a really exciting second half of the season, again, for the neutral. Um, but, you know, as I said, they are showing signs of life, Leeds. Obviously, I, I watched bits of them last night. Um, it was the FA Cup. 5-2 against Cardiff and the championship um, went in front after 20-odd seconds with a great goal. But 
uh, and it was pretty much game over very, very early in that one. To, so flicked it over. But um, Galoto looks superb. Um, again, he's, he's, he scored a, a couple last night um, and uh, is showing, you know, real signs of, of life out there. A bit of a snip. Um, he's already been touted about being moved on and sold for massive profit already, which I'm sure will go down well with the Ellen Rowe faithful. But um, Patrick Bamford's back as well. Scored three goals in two games off the bench for him. Rodrigo, their top scorer, he's still scoring goals. And obviously, we're now with a bit of pressure on with competition for places. that That's only going to be beneficial for him. Sinistera came back yesterday as well. So lots and lots of attacking play. Harrison's starting to show signs of that form that he's um, had over the last season or two as well. So... Everything great, as always, going forward. Um, they lost to Villa last time out, um, and Jesse Marsh said it was probably their best performance under him since he's been there. Um, and again, plenty of shots, um, lots of action, a um, couple of penalties they possibly should have had, um, goal line clearance, fantastic saves from the goalkeeper. So again, they're ticking the boxes all time going forward, which is great for this bet. And they still look dodgy as hell at the back. Um this bet has landed in seven of their last eight league games. Um, and obviously in both games against Cardiff in the cup, two, two away, and then um, five, two last night. So um, nine of the last four at home, have, uh, they've, they've scored, but they've conceded 11 in that space of time, which just basically sums them up. Only three clean sheets so far this season. Only Southampton have, have um, kept fewer than that. So again, that shows you where their problems are. And they've been that way for really for the last two or three seasons, obviously, when Bielsa was there and, and Marsh hasn't really changed an awful lot. Um, it's, it's much the same kind of um, side, really, to be honest. Um, and, and we know Brentford will play their way. And I think going to Leeds, we'll see Brentford is it's the perfect game for them. A side that will come at them, Brentford can look to try and pick them off. Obviously, at this moment in time, Ivan Tony's still available. And he's still scoring goals. So I'm sure that will be um, a bit of a, a annoyance to those sides at the bottom um, that, uh, you know, seeing, seeing him, um, you know, score goals against them. And I'd take him to score in this one as well. Um, they're, they're continuing to punch well above, above their weight. They're eight, eighth in the league, four points off the top five, which is incredible. There's definitely no second season syndrome going on at, at Brentford. You know, they've really, really impressed since they've come to the Premier League. And they've been a bit of a breath of fresh air, really. They've gone and taken on anyone they want playing their way and uh, and winning plenty of games, scoring plenty of goals um, as well. Um, they're undefeated in the last last seven, um, but you know they failed to score only in four time, four games this season as well. So it shows you they've got the punch up front, um, but um, you know only two clean sheets in, in, away from home. So um, and they were against West Ham and Bournemouth, and we've mentioned them enough in this show already to say that they're not the best. Best sides uh, in the league, certainly not going forward. So that's not a massive achievement in that side of it. Leeds games average just over three, 3.28 um, this season. Um, Brentford's average 3.16. I can sense lots and lots of action going forward um, here. Like last season, uh, Brentford um, and Leeds games produced loads and loads of goals. Um, Brentford at home to Leeds ended 5-2 earlier in the season. This one ended 2-1 last season. So everything points towards this bet. I'm glad to get on board at plus money, say plus 106 over two and a half goals, both teams scoring. Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. Um, it would be remiss of us not to discuss the biggest game of the weekend. It undoubtedly is. We've got to quickly touch on uh, Arsenal versus Manchester United at the Emirates Stadium. There's no official plays on this game, but we we got to talk about it at least briefly. I mean, Nigel, this is a huge, huge game. Uh, for both sides, really, how how do you see this one potentially playing out? 
well, I think it would have been a bigger game if that free kick never went in last night. Yeah. I think that that changed that changed the uh, that changed the really the the build up to the game ever so slightly. But I think it's I think it's a bigger game for Man United than Arsenal. I think it's a much bigger game for Man United. I think that if Man United win this, then they'll they'll consider themselves in with a chance. If Man United get beat here, I think they're eliminated from the the title race, despite that fantastic run they've had. So I think it's probably a bigger game for Man United. But I, I would. Um, I'm not quite sure they, they, they've got it to win the game without Casemiro. I think that's an absolute massive blow for them. Suspended for the match. Um, I was all I was all going to be betting the unders again. And I just thought it would be really cagey because of if but that game, the goal last night changed it. And I feel that Man Manchester United have to come here and attack. Whether they whether they'll um, whether they'll be able to to get the success they have, I think. What I think, I think they, a win is is absolutely everything from. And a point for Arsenal is a great point. It's a, it's a really good point. I got it wrong last week with the Tottenham uh, match. I thought Arsenal were sensational in the first half. Absolutely sensational. Best I've seen them play this season. Best I've seen them play for many a season. But um, I still, I still, 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 still just look at their odds to win the Premier League title. And I just, I'm, I can't be a better at minus 120. I can't, I can't. Can't pull the trigger on Arsenal. I don't know what it is. There's something about it. I don't know. But I still think Man City will come strong because they do come strong. But this game here, my my lean was for under two and a half goals. But I'm not so sure now because of that last minute worldie from the free kick from the Palace game. That's uh, meant that that if Man United had come won that game one 0 they'd have come in here and thought right this and it'll be and Arsenal would have paid him some huge amount of respect. But I just feel now that that goal has changed it. So I'll probably swerve it. But if I was looking for a bet, probably I'd probably probably bet the draw for small money. Something like that. Jack, any thoughts on this one? Well, it was a huge kind of last what five minutes for Arsenal last night, wasn't it? And they weren't even playing. So yeah, Casemiro being suspended is massive. Um, and obviously that 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 late late goal um has, has certainly put a smile on Arsenal fans' faces. Um yeah, I I think from how they played and with Casemiro missing, I, I would lean towards Arsenal because of how they perform, especially at home, and I can see them going for the jugular early doors, um, as they did against Spurs, as they have done this season, um, and been mightily impressive. And whilst they've got that, the side that they've got at the moment, when injuries haven't bitten too hard, I'll take them on. I think the the problem would be if they have a bit of a setback and also pick up a couple of injuries to key players, then um, then possibly we'll we'll be seeing a bit of a wobble. As it stands at the moment, they look super strong and they look super strong mentally as well, um, which I think is a big thing. Um, as far as a betting angle is concerned, I'll be looking at Man United cards in this one, especially with Fred going in the middle there instead of Casemiro. Um, the likes of Luke Shaw, um, even like Fernandez, you can see him getting frustrated. So I think there's cards on the agenda for that one, um, especially on Man United side. So maybe their their most cards um, or whatever their overline is. I haven't looked at it to be honest with you. Um, what again swerved it as a betting heat this particular one. Um, um, so yeah, I'd, that's that's probably the route that I would take on that one. Interesting, should be a good game. Uh, interestingly, as well, a lot of talk about Arsenal's lack of depth and you know the fact that if they lose a couple of key players, just as we're recording this, the news has broken that Arsenal are in advance talks to sign Leandro Trossard from Brighton. 
Mm-hmm. So um, that could be an addition. Chelsea uh, just going to hang on. Yeah, Chelsea, exactly. Chelsea <laughs> just made a late bid. Chelsea exactly. signed Leandro Trossard. Exactly. Well, I, I put some <laughs> items up the other day on Facebook Market. I don't want to. Do you want to buy your box of shorts? No, no, no. I, I, I put some items your... up, and I figured Let's... if I if I said Arsenal were interested, then maybe Chelsea would come along and buy no. them. Yeah. There we go. I heard, that, I heard that um, I heard that Chelsea were interesting. Uh, Tottenham were interesting. Four new strikers. Did you see that? A postman, a school teacher, <laughs> an ambulance driver. <laughs> oh, he's he's on fire. He's on fire. He's on fire. Right, uh, guys. Let's quickly summarise uh, the official plays then for this weekend's Premier League action. Not FA Cup action, Premier League action. Uh, Liverpool versus Chelsea. Nigel's gone for under two and a half goals, and that's at plus one, two, five. Uh, West Ham versus Everton. Both the guys have had a play in that one. Jack has gone for over three and a half cards at minus 127. Nigel's gone for under two and a half goals at minus one, two, five. Uh, Leicester City versus Brighton. Jack's decided to back Brighton. Uh, they're at plus 102. Manchester City take on Wolves and Nigel has gone for the Premier League champions to win this one to nil. That's at minus 120. And in the game between Leeds and Brentford, Jack has come up with a nice parlay for us. Uh, over two and a half goals and both teams to score at plus 106. So those are the official plays uh, for this weekend's action. Uh, anything further to add from either one of you? No, well, you, obviously the Australian Open tennis is going on at the moment. There's loads of content there. Game better match uh, every uh, five days a week now uh, on all the different tennis con- stuff. And uh, Sean Calvert's on there, James Blake and Roy Giovanni. And obviously all the guys are available on their podcasts on the Betting Weekly and Extra Time, which are available on your podcast provider. Brilliant stuff. Make sure you subscribe to the Bet Rivers YouTube channel as well. Uh, make sure that you follow all the guys on their joint handle at Because We Win and on their individual accounts as well. And as Nigel says, there is plenty of content coming your way, football, tennis related, uh, and there's a, a variety of other things covered as well. So make sure you are subscribed if you are not already. We'll see you all very, very soon. Until next time, take care and good luck with those uh, with cashing those tickets. Catch you soon. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 